Look out, man. It's episode three of season two here on the Recruiter's Corner. On this episode, we're going to get a little special. A little AKASW Special Warfare coming at you with the hard-hitting facts from a subject matter expert in studio. Coming at you straight from the tap. Hello, 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 hello. How's everybody doing out there today? This is Master Sergeant Timothy Gallagher. And Technical Sergeant Bradley Byers. And this is The Recruiter's Corner. What's up, my man? Happy Tuesday. Here we are again. Yes, sir. We are here. And it's a good day, man. How's your day been over there? You've been busy today. No, it's been busy. I've had a lot going on. And I also was able to make a nice little video to put out on social media, you know, because the Packers are going to the championship game. My wife's a Bucks fan. So I was able to make a little something just to poke some fun at her and uh, start a little bantering back and forth. So That's I've been right. able to put a lot into today. You did a, uh, a little rewording of a pretty popular song, if, I, if I'm correct, right? To kind of. Yeah, man. That was Daft Punk one more time. All right. But That's I just right. told her only one more week. That's all you got left in the playoffs, babe. <laughs> one more week. <laughs> That's it. It was yes. it was hilarious. I, I was listening to it and I was I was dying and it was it was fantastic. So I oh, hope man. I, I had to take a few I had to take a few takes of it. I was starting to get hot in that cheese head, man. I was <laughs> Well, that's because it's made for Green Bay, you know, 20 degree weather that they're going to be playing in this. Exactly. It's made for the tundra, not the office, (laughs) but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, man? How's life going? Good, man. Good. Staying busy. Um, You know, just trying to, you know, make it one day at a time, you know, but hey, we're here. We're good. Yeah. Yes, we are. And we've got a really good show, you know, lined up. We got a great show on tap where we have, uh, Someone is pretty special in the studio in the studio today. Yeah, I'd man. say, you know, I would say special. Right. And um, I don't know if you'd like to introduce him. I can introduce him. He's a master sergeant in the United States Air Force. And um, he is here to give some facts to a lot of these young kids out here that um, are very interested in this hardcore special warfare career field. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Sergeant Spears, step on up, man. Tell us a little bit about All right. Well, first, thanks for uh, thanks for the invite, guys. Uh, I was really looking forward to this uh, all weekend. I know I didn't text you back right away and let you know that I'd be willing to do it. I try to avoid my phone on the weekends, but <laughs> they don't um, blame you. <laughs> yeah, my name is uh, Master Sergeant uh, Joe Spears. I am currently the Special Warfare Recruiter in charge of Utah, all of Utah, and the very southeastern tip of Idaho. Um, been in the Air Force for ten years. Uh, first duty station, I uh, started out in the cyber career field in South Dakota at Ellsworth Air Force Base. Um, came into recruiting right around my five-year mark. Um, I was the enlisted in session recruiter in Great Falls, Montana, just, just off of Malmstrom Air Force Base uh, in the 368th Recruiting Squadron. And then uh, got the invite to come be the special warfare recruiter um, and PCS down here to Hill Air Force Base, where I currently live. Uh, and do the SW gig every day, Monday through Friday. <laughs> Living it up. Hey, is it cold out there? Uh, it's been Snow. colder than it normally is in the winter over here. We don't have a 
it's kind of nice the like the the level we live at like the the snow pretty i mean we'll get snow on the ground but for the most part it stays up in the ski areas so you it's just beautiful views and and uh, not a lot of not a lot of road hazards well i gotta say so it's probably a lot nicer weather than coming from great falls montana i would imagine oh man i love great falls i'll go back to great falls tomorrow and spend <laughs> well now i'm not career there now i'm not dissing great falls montana because i think montana is absolutely gorgeous and i would yeah. i would give it's, it snows sideways there I mean, yeah. the snow doesn't land it just hits the side <laughs> of your house it, but it was no different than coming from rapid city south dakota to great falls montana like basically the same weather right the same, wind same situation <laughs> you yep, know I... it's minus minus 30 wind chills and and it's winter or summer there's no other seasons so. I, I would take any of that in a heartbeat, man. I, I I love the outdoors and I love hunting and fishing. And Montana is pretty much aces for that. So yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's, like a, it's a great place up. to live and raise a family, man, for sure. I, I I love being up there. My wife misses it. My kids loved it. And and uh, yeah, we're hoping to, hoping to go back one day. Hopefully, we'll see. Now, uh, Mrs. Gallagher would not appreciate that very much. No, she would not. <laughs> I would be there by myself. <laughs> Just so you know, that would be so low. Yeah. <laughs> she is over that. Yes. That's crazy. That's funny. Oh. That's funny. My wife, my wife is not a winter person either. Like she's like, she's like Superman. Like she needs the sun to like recharge her energy. Yes. Yes. And, indeed. Uh, so she, she would be more than happy to go to somewhere on a beach. But when it comes to like people in community, man, those small towns and those rural states are kind of work you know yeah I mean? you really so, can't beat them huh yeah it's just good no. it's good living just she's willing to sacrifice a little bit of the sun to be around the people that we we met and were around and able to call lifelong friends up there you know what i mean so, nice that just means a little bit extra vacation time and some leave has to be taken yeah there you go. yeah yeah yeah. You know, that's all um yeah so i'm curious uh i know we were just wanting to know what about uh what about you man do you have a team that's in the uh it's in the rain that's in the running this weekend no my team's been on vacation for a little while now oh um, been on vacation oh. yeah, I, I am a, char- a true blue chargers fan um hey, i tried Herbert. when when they move hey we have the best young quarterback well one of the top three in the nfl right now so we got a good base we just got a new coach um hopefully hopefully that works out we'll see i'm um, iffy it's better than the on, coach we had i'm iffy on that hire though man I yeah, tell. I mean, I was hoping they were going to get the enemy, uh, but yes, you know, I'll take I'll take what we can get. You know, I, I'm just glad we got rid. Look, we lost more single possession games than any other NFL team in the last three years. And that mm-hmm. that always comes down to coaching, man. And right. uh, especially some of the decisions that are made, you know, when the, when the clock's winding down in the fourth quarter and there was just some of the things that left me literally pounding my head like on my floor. Um, and I'm not to say I'd be a better NFL coach than any of those guys, obviously, but man, it, some of the stuff was just suspect. So now that we got a new coach, all I can do is look on the bright side as a charger fan. And I tried Definitely. to, I tried to not be a charger fan when they deserted San Diego for LA, but, uh, I was like, I'm going to pick a different team and just go with them. I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. Uh, I'm not a Patriots fan. I just like greatness. You know what I mean? And, uh, to watch what he's done throughout his career has been something of like, he just leaves you in awe on how good he's been. But anyway, so I tried to find another team, man, and I, my heart just couldn't let me do it. So here I am. I got uh-huh. I to gotta, I gotta root for the Los Angeles Chargers as much as I don't like L.A. at all. 
So. Say you probably have all this gear with the bolts on it already. So oh yeah, absolutely. You like gotta, and and and, and my kids are stuff. traders, and my kids. So my kids grew up with Charger gear, like when they were babies, right? And then when they started making their own conscious decision, my father-in-law is a huge <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs fan, and so now my 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 middle daughter is she just rocks Chiefs yeah. gear everywhere. And <laughs> just flaunts son, around all the time in yeah, front of you. Blankets, beanies, <laughs> coats. And then my uh-huh. son, uh, as you'll like, is just the biggest cheese head. Yeah. Smart, <laughs> smart individual. He's like, Dad, one more week and we're going to the big bowl. And I'm like, Woo! Stop it. Yes. You, you, you got a bunch of kids that are front runners, man. Is really what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said, You you know, when these guys start to lose, you're supposed to still be a fan of them. And they're so, and, they, and they look at me kind of cross-eyed, and I'm like, and my daughter's like, well, they don't lose. And I'm like, oh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> well, she, she's not wrong, right? Now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs, right? The, the Chiefs are hosting a third straight AFC championship game. Like, what? Yeah, yeah I mean, they're not going to beat the Bills. They won't. They're not. But I mean, I mean so she'll find out. That... Don't come out of protocol. I know. I'm hoping for Bills Packers. So let's go pack, right? Handle the business. Let's get it done in Lambeau. And uh-huh. let's hope that the Bills can win a shootout with the chiefs and let's let's go i'm hoping the bills win because my brother-in-law is a huge like buffalo's bill fans like sand like even back when they lost four straight super bowls like he's this huge bills fan and he he texted us a picture of this uh like it's like a bills tattoo but instead of like a buffalo it's a chicken wing in the shape of a buffalo <laughs> and then it has celery stalks for the little lines coming off of it and he says if the bills like win the super bowl he's getting that tattooed on him and so now i'm just rooting for them to win so he has to get that tattoo i hope he gets it in the middle of his lower back <laughs> that is awesome that yeah. is awesome that's epic Nice, but well. sports corner has just, uh, just, just that's our episode of sports corner, and uh, you know <laughs> by the time this next next uh, episode goes uh, goes off, Green Bay will be in the Super Bowl. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. By the next episode, by episode four. Yes. Okay. Done. Exactly. All right. He's exactly. calling. Well, no, next weekend, right? Yeah, they play Sunday. Yep. We'll yep. Next weekend. Yep. Yep. But then the bowl is uh, not to like the seventh. Exactly. They take right. one week off. That'll be the yeah. Pro Bowl. They'll play the Pro Bowl that week, and then the uh, Super Bowl will be the they actually, They're not doing a Pro Bowl, right? They sure are. What? January 31st. Cool. Mm. All right. A pointless game has become even more pointless. Even more. <laughs> exactly. Yep. But I think they're going to, you know, good for those guys. They get to make a couple extra bucks. Yeah, because <laughs> they need them. it. Good for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so special warfare. Here we go. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, what are we doing? That's right. We have an episode here that is covering special warfare, man. Hey, I don't know if it's been something. I don't know if there's something in the water. I don't know if there's something out there or the videos that maybe some of these young uh, guys and gals have been seeing. But I am getting a lot of inquiries about special warfare. I've got. I've been setting people pass tests more than I have ever done it in the last two and a half yeah. years. Man. It is, um, it's coming up big. Everyone's sitting down, these young kids, these high school seniors, and even these uh, young guns that are, you know, maybe 22 years old, they are um, really interested in special right. war. I think that's so, a, what is that? That's a, that's a credit. It's a credit to the impact that the marketing efforts that we've been doing for almost the past three years are now starting. We're starting to see the results of that. You know what I mean? Because, Back in the day, uh, 
the Air Force was very big on the quote unquote quiet professional, right? Like we didn't, we didn't need any credit. No one was writing books. You didn't see like any Air Force members in any of the big movies, right? Even though we know that PJs and CCTs were in Black Hawk Down, you know that, that uh, CCTs were in um, that 12 strong movie with the horses, like literally winning the battle, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, there's, yeah. I met a, I met a, a former special wing, special warfare wing commander from Florida who said that movie should have been called like 14 strong because they just failed to include the, the special warfare guys from the air force that were in it. So, um, gone are those days where they're trying to like, keep it quiet. And now mm -hmm. they're trying to literally do a 180 and, uh, get the word out that, Hey, there's more options in special warfare than than marine force recon army soft and the navy seals you know what i mean like the air force has a role and very specialized role in in the special warfare and special tactics community so um i think you're starting to see a lot of that pay off i mean you can't go on instagram or facebook or you know we even had commercials in the super bowl last year like there's just right a yeah. lot of, a lot of time money and effort that are being thrown at getting the word out um, that that special warfare in the Air Force exists, and it's an option for some of these for some of these guys and girls. So, and I say girls, and I mean girls, because uh, that's a big been a big emphasis too, is to see if we can't get some females in the pipeline. Oh heck yeah, man! Well, and that's um, so now I don't. It's been a little while, but I do remember that it made news that there was a young lady that made it into the CCT pipeline. I, I want to say a couple of years ago. I, I don't so know how that a, ended. Up. But it was There's like the first a, one. And I and my and I may be a little late in my uh reporting and reading about it and hearing about it. There is a special tactics officer female. Um, but I wanna say she's in like phase two right now. So special tactics officers for those that are listening that don't know are combat controllers, they're just officers. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah. and so she's in that point. Uh we have had girls make it like to ANS, but never finish ANS on the enlisted side. All right. So what is ANS um, real quick for the people? ANS is assessment and selection. It's the roughly three-week period uh, that special reconnaissance, combat control, and PJs go to together right after they get done with special warfare prep school. Okay. So and, actually, uh, I have a I actually have a female that is in special warfare prep right now with another female from vegas um we both we share vegas and myself share the same developer mm -hmm. and uh they are both killing the game right now in ans nice so, that's awesome yeah so let's um or not ans excuse me special warfare prep they haven't gone to ans yet well still at, at, that from what i understand is is extremely challenging in its own right but yeah people wash out of prep and quit will quit in prep for sure 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 so I, i'd like to take this kind of back to a little bit back to the beginning so let's there's six spec op fields right so well, there's four and then well, there's four two the combat two. support yes okay all right so let's yeah. let's go over those real quick if you don't mind just real quick what each one of them are and briefly what they do so that we can kind of okay. cover that for the people and then we'll go over a little bit of what the process is so what most people know about air force special forces is pjs right pararescue yes. jumpers mm -hmm. uh, pararescue men that's usually the one i mean they were on surviving the cut on discovery channel years and years ago um and so a lot of people know about them also you'll hear um a, a pretty famous guy in the community he was a navy seal a lot of people know him to be a navy seal david goggins um but he actually mm -hmm. went through a pj pipeline and washed out in the pool and ended up being a tack p before he separated and re-entered as a seal 
Um, so a lot of people know PJs um, because they've gotten the most notoriety, for lack of a better term, um, in the special warfare community. And what PJs are, um, they're, they're EMTs. They just fly around in helicopters and rescue people and carry M4s when they do it. So um, they're, they're essentially airborne trained combat medics. Um, they will jump in to very hot situations to save people, um, as well as do things here on the civilian side where they, they may assist local communities in like high angle rescues, you know, flood rescues, you know, like even in foreign countries like the Taiwan soccer team rescue in the cave where they had to go in their PJs where they're, you know, kind of calling the shots on that deal. Um, even though you didn't hear a whole lot about it. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what they do. They're, uh, they're, and they're, getting that, just, they're getting hardcore top notch, first class training, med medical yeah. training. Yeah. You're looking at a two year pipeline with them. Yeah, um, and then their main technical school is going to be EMT school um, for about a year down in Albuquerque, New Mexico. What great so. experience. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very transferable. You know, they can, they can uh, get out and, and do a, and do a lot of things and have a lot of options, you know, once they get out. Um, and the second one and, and combat controllers will argue that they're the first one, but there's a, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of inner banter between PJs and CCTs. Uh, but uh, they're CCTs are combat controllers. We call them CCTs. Um, and they are essentially uh, they're, they're certified FAA air traffic controllers uh, that will go on very specialized missions to call in airstrikes. They can fill JTAC roles if needed. Um, and they're usually attached to uh, like a, a special forces team. Um, and they're usually the translator between um, the guys in the air and the guys on the ground. Nice. And they, they do all the water, same water qualifications as everything that PJs do. So. Um, the only difference is like at combat dive, they'll do something, uh, they'll practice like infiltration on, on like a, on a ship or something like that. So, right. Yep. Okay. Number three is uh, TACP. Well, I mean, this is in no particular order for anybody listening. I'm not saying one is better than the other. TACP <laughs> is not third place, uh, but uh, TACP is a tactical air control party. Um, similar to what combat controllers do. Uh, they, they're not, they don't go to air traffic control school. However, they are qualified as JTACs uh, to support infantry or special operations forces, uh, usually army, and they'll, they'll call in airstrikes as well. Uh, my developer will maintain that. So my developer, uh, his name's Chief Master Sergeant Retired Tony Tarando. He was a TACP uh, yeah, for Tony. four years. Yeah, you know Tony. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and a combat controller for, I think, roughly 18. And... Uh, he still maintains that TACP was the hardest job, even though he was a combat controller that he did, at least personally for him. Um, and uh, he he just says, you know, they, they call in airstrikes. Uh, and a lot of times they may have to operate on the fly, whereas a combat controller may be more specialized, like they usually know what target they're going to go hit. Um, a combat con or a TACP will usually be more of like reactionary. They'll be in a convoy. They'll be in a, you know, a soft unit um, doing like a patrol or something and then have to call in an airstrike on the fly kind of thing so um yeah that's what tac that's what tac p's do uh usually stationed um you know at army bases i i actually have a tac p that finished the pipeline a little while ago um and he's lives on peterson in colorado springs but he works with the soft units at fort carson there cool. so okay. that's who he's assigned to right. yeah um and special then, reconnaissance. So when you say when you say jtac was that the joint terminal yep a tactical controller air controller yeah. sorry 
Yeah. Yeah. So the JTAG yeah. is so, uh, Joint Terminal Air Controller. Yep. It's just throwing it out there, just so that uh, you know the acronyms, the initials. Yeah, and, and JTAC don't the... necessarily have to be Air Force. You know, a, you know, an Army guy can be a JTAC. Um, so it's just a certain qualification that that a, a, an operator has. Cool. cool. Um, All right. Good deal. Let's see. I even known flyers that have filled JTAC roles. So uh, let's see. Special reconnaissance. So this is new, and uh, admittedly, we don't know a lot about it, just because they're not allowed to tell us a, a lot about it, right? So uh, <laughs> very, very hush-hush uh, uh, roles. However, the way it was explained to me was, and they and they come from what, if anybody knows, um, we used to have a career field known as special operations weather. So Southeast right. is what they're called. Yep. Um, special reconnaissance is derived from that. So special reconnaissance still does the South Tee. They still do the weather piece. Um, mm -hmm. However, they also do stuff like uh, they'll go to army sniper school and learn to be a, a recon troop, you know? So um, right. we don't know a lot about what they do, uh, how they do it, how they train to do it. Um, I just know that uh, a lot of times they say you can be staring at an enemy location, just gather a recon. Now, and this is, that with them now this is the one that's a little bit more you're kind of out there doing your own thing right kind of more lone wolf yep. sort of a deal yep. like usually like uh, from what i from what i gathered like a two-man two-man type of thing mm -hmm. so yeah cool nice right, so well get 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 involved and you could learn more about that yeah it was <laughs> until be, then i mean <laughs> man so we like the briefing we got too was like uh no phones allowed like you can't like yeah. take pictures of anything we're saying or, or anything like that. So um, literally the information I'm given is the information I know, you know? So, um, but those are the four special warfare career fields that special warfare recruiters recruit for, but we do recruit for two additional. Um, we classify them as combat support roles. Um, the first one is SEER. So you're a survival instructor. Um, you are not going to be a door kicker. You are not going to be out on, you know, these special special operations or missions or anything like that. You're usually, if you're in a deployed environment, you're going to be in an advisory role. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, they just they just teach you how to how to survive in in all all biomes, right? You're looking at surviving in, you know, the, the forest, the beach, you know, uh, the Arctic tundra deserts just any 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 place that you could end up being um finding yourself in a rough spot they're going to teach you how to make it home you know so um whether that's you know sourcing food sourcing water evading the enemy even if you're captured by the enemy the r and sears resistance and they'll teach you how to resist uh interrogations and, and everything like that so um but we we always like to emphasize to the guys that come in wanting to do sear that in no way are you going to be a PJ or a combat controller or anything like that. You are going to be an instructor and you are going mm -hmm. to learn to teach. Mm -hmm. um, that said, their pipeline is not any less physically challenging than any of the other ones. So there's plenty right. of guys that walk out of here. They got a lot yeah. to go through still. Yeah. And their, their first year up in Spokane at Fairchild is extremely challenging. Guys can make it through their selection process and get up to Spokane and, and, and ring the bell because it's that hard when you're even up there. So. Man. All right. Yeah. Um, and the last one is EOD, uh, explosive ordnance disposal. Uh, you're a bomb technician. 
So your, your, your job is to learn the ins and outs and everything about um, how bombs are made, how bombs are unmade. Um, you even may find yourself in a role trying to track down uh, signatures, like on how somebody made a bomb in a particular, maybe came from a particular village in Afghanistan, sourcing materials, things like that. So um, you, on the home station, you'll find yourself um, you know, scanning sus suspicious packages at the gate. Uh, you may find yourself out here, like here, Utah test range. You may go out and, and go for like an Easter egg hunt looking for unexploded ordnance or things like that. So um, yeah, you're a bomb tech. And uh, every guy that I put into EOD thought they were going to use it as a stepping stone to get to another special warfare career field. And they have no intentions of getting out of it because they love it that because much. Because that's how much they enjoy it now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, none of these are easy, none of these are easy at all. You know, none of these are easy to get through. And, you know, but when I get some individuals that come in, man, they want to talk about SEER and, you know, they're, they're pumped up because they did some of the research about it. You know, I'm, I'm all for it because I'm like, hey, I don't, I have no, I have no want to ever do that and try to learn how to survive in all these different environments and stuff. I'm like, hey, get it, man, because I know I have no desire and we need yeah. you guys out there. We need you. So if you're, if you're, you know, hardcore and gung-ho, man, let's, uh, let's see what we can do. I, I got a chance to go up to Sears School. Um, yeah, I got a chance to go up to Fairchild and spend some time up at Sears School while doing this job just to kind of see what they do and the things they do. And uh, it was right when COVID kicked off, so our trip was cut short. But um, they didn't they didn't want a bunch of guys flown in from all over the country near their students. Yeah, I don't so, blame them. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, it got cut short. But, man, I got to go see, like, the underwater egress, like, hangar building where they where they submerge you and and turn on the lights and make the waves and make the yeah. noise and turn the wind on and <laughs> got to go to the parachute house and and learn to like repel you know out of a out of a hung shoot line and stuff like that so um it's an extremely challenging career they all are but i mean just having to go get a little bit of hands-on with sear was a uh, was awesome and it really opened my eyes to to how awesome that career field is if you have the privilege to make it through and become a sear instructor it was it was a really cool experience yeah, nice. it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge. And for the family guys out there, man, it's a super family-friendly um, career field. You know, you're going to – minimal deployments. Um, your first, I, I want to say, like four to six years are going to be at Fairchild, you know. So um, a lot of guys that I put in uh, do have families, and, and that's why I put a lot of SEER guys in. Um, and they are all about that stability that SEER offers. You know, that's the biggest – I don't like to say selling, but that's the biggest – benefit that we put out there to, to guys that come in wanting to do sears it's an extremely family friendly environment which is super important super yeah. important yeah um brad so i was gonna throw in a question i don't know if you had something lined up go for it man hit it all right so i mean i'm curious <laughs> and i just wanted to throw it out there and just let's start talking about you know from from the get-go from the past you know and start talking about you know what to expect when going in for this, uh, going into the training and trying to enter these career fields. Okay. Um, there's two different approaches, at least that I will take. Cause there's, there's, you, you approach somebody that comes say from your depth, right. Differently than I would approach somebody who comes to me organically before he ever meets an EA recruiter, right. He or she meets an EA recruiter. Um, the, the benefit about working with your folks that that are already in the delayed entry program is that if they're talking to me, I already know they're qualified to do one of these jobs, mm -hmm. right? They've been right. through MEPS 
they know the process and, and all that stuff. So I will automatically invite them to come to a tryout. So nice. um, we work with, I, I'm, and I mentioned them a, a, a few times now, but I, we work with a, a company called T3I. Uh, we contract with them. They provide us developers and these developers are retired or prior operators in the Air Force or SEER or EOD guys. Um, <clears throat> and they, we work, uh, you know, jointly with them to build development programs, which is what I consider myself uh to be doing here in Utah. I, I help run a development program, recruit the right individuals to join my development program and get them as ready as I possibly can get them before they ever get on the airplane right. to go to basic training. Um, so if you sent me somebody and say, Hey, Sergeant Spears, little Timmy, he really wants to be a, a PJ. Uh, I'll just call that guy uh -huh. and I'll say, Hey, we're having a, we're having a development session or a past session here at this time uh you've already been through MEP, so they have a cleared physical right right um and they can come out and try out now there are minimum standards that certain uh that they have to reach in order to be quote quote unquote accepted into our development program they don't yeah. have to pass the pass they just have to meet certain minimum standards and right now it's for like the special warfare it's like 30 i have to i'd have to get my notes but it's off the top of my head it's 30 push-ups 30 sit-ups run an 11 minute mile and a half and just try the swim. You know what I mean? There's no minimum swim standards to get accepted into development. Um, and then the, the EOD and SEER ones are maybe a little bit lower. SEER might be the same as special warfare, but EOD is a little bit lower because EOD's past test requirements are not, they're only three, three pull-ups and run an 11 minute mile. So I want to say they have to do a 12 minute mile and do one pull-up. So, so that's it. Into development. Oh, go ahead, buddy. No, let's say, so, so now what we're talking about, right, is the, coming in and taking a physical ability stamina test right so the past correct past. um and then when you get accepted so now you, you do that right and the developer and you i guess work together on whether or not this person can be accepted into development right whether yeah. which basically means for the people out there that you are going to work with them and well by name develop them into <laughs> getting better for so that they can ultimately be more successful at the ba or the sw prep post basic Correct. training right yes okay uh and and, and we're uh, at least here in utah and, and southeastern idaho we're assessing a lot more than just their physical ability right i'm looking at how they vibe with the rest of my team um you know what their personality is um because let's face it you, you got to have a certain personality for this thing you know what i mean like there's just some guys that that are built different than other guys and i and i say guys mm -hmm. loosely right guys and girls right right sure um, sure there's just certain people that are built different and have different personalities, different mannerisms, different emotional capabilities, you know, being able to withstand certain things um, and overcome certain things and how they move forward. So we, we look at, we look at that too. I mean, I've had guys blow things, blow everything out of the water. I've had the number one guy graduate from number one guy in the water, graduate from special warfare prep and he quit day three in his bed. You know what I mean? So of, yeah. of selection. So you, you, you try and do, yeah, you try and do your best to gauge um, personalities as well, because, um, and we can get into it later, but you are also assessed on your personality, airmanship, leadership ability, teamwork, that kind of stuff. When you're down there, you're not just assessed on if you can hammer up some push-ups and do a ton of pull-ups, you know what I mean? Right. Like that's not how assessment works. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I will invite uh, guys that are already in the depth to come and try out and uh, 
even if they fail to meet the minimum standards to come into development, if I like them as like their personality, um, I'll invite them to keep coming back because let's face it, they're not leaving for three to five months. Right. Right. So, um, and I, am not quite sure. I know you guys switched to a quarterly thing and and the dates are are, are out there a little bit. Um, but Hey, if they want to keep working at it, the coming and participating in past is going to do one of two things. It's either going to motivate them to want to join these, these individuals that, that are like-minded and, and want to do something different, you know, a little more demanding, a little more challenging. Right. Um, or it's going to really encourage them to go with their EA job. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so, and it's going to prep them more for, for basic. Yeah. And that's how I approach the guys that come to me directly is I will literally, we're allowed to, to invite people to a past or development session if they go get their own sports physical done with a doctor. Yes. Okay. So all other, all other prequals met, right. They don't, they don't have like serious eye issues or surgeries or something like that. And they go get a sports physical. Mm-hmm. I'll invite those guys out to, uh, to try out as well on a sports physical. And uh, depending on how they perform, they just earned themselves an appointment. Right. If yeah. they don't perform, they're more than welcome to keep coming back on that sports physical until they get to on a point where, where I think I can get them through maps. There you go. Gotcha. Or they, or they at least deserve the chance to, uh, to shoot their shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and it's almost like you got to earn up, it. If they're not going to give up, why tell them they need to at the moment? Right? Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing you can gauge a lot about a guy that takes initial failure and just keeps coming. I love the guys that annoy me, man, that, that keep texting <laughs> me, that keep calling me are always saying, Hey, what's the next date? What's the next date? That's the guy I want to work with. Right. As opposed to the guy who's already got all the physical tools, but he lacks that. Do you know what I mean? Uh Because if, if we do our job correctly, Tony and myself, we'll get the guys as ready as we can get them and they'll eventually book a job. You know what I mean? And that's all we can do is give you a chance to shoot your shot. You're never going to, you're never going to be able to pick this, this guy's absolutely, or this girl's absolutely going to make it through the pipeline. You never know until they hit that crucible and selection on how Mm -hmm. they're going to react. You know what I mean? So um, all we can do is get them as physically and as mentally ready as we think we can and then give them a shot in the pipeline. Yeah. I remember that working with Tony, like that seemed to be one of his biggest things was, you know, like wanting to see what their mental drive is. I remember I took this guy up there three times. <laughs> I, t- I took him up three times, um, you know, to Spokane to take a pass. And yeah, he quit on the swim every single time. Right. So they did the underwater thing twice. And then they start the 500 meter swim. He would get a few laps into it, choke on some water and he quit <laughs> after the third one. Uh, Tony pulled this kid aside and I remember he's like look man don't come back here again until you are planning to finish the swim <laughs> it's just like yeah. he, kicked, he just kicked him out and he's like don't just don't even bother just go we, and you I was, have yeah go ahead no no I was saying I just remember like I, I just it stuck with me all this time and um, and the other things you're saying is is absolutely correct I, I've seen it from, from our side of the table where you know kids come in they're like hey I want to do uh sw i want to go try out like all right cool hey man more power to you let's get you through this thing go try out and then see like if this is what you want to do uh after that because i've i've had a lot of people that come back and they're like yeah this ain't for me um turns out i don't really want to do that and then other ones like there's this guy his name is michael i'll leave out his last name but he's a like he's I, i think he's still in the seer pipeline right now i know he was just here on christmas and unfortunately we weren't able to, to cross paths um at that point in time but 
he is he's the one guy that I would look at and be like, man, I wish that I could meet like a thousand more of him because he was that guy you were right. talking about. Like he was like, I'm on it. He's like, when is the next pass this? I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. And that dude, he took three and was off to BMT within a month. Like, cause he he just got it. He was killing it. Yeah. Like he, he absolutely like he that mental it. thing, he had it. And he was in good shape, but he mentally he had it. And he has been absolutely crushing it ever since like he's it's he's uh it's it. one of those things that we 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 literally preach like you have to have an internal drive you have to have a why you want to do it and i don't care what your why is right but you better internalize that why you can be your family your faith whatever i had a guy he's in he's going he's in combat dive right now his whole why was he just wanted to do some cool stuff with the boys and not in those terms. He said it a very different way. Um, and uh, he is, he is all about this life, man. And he's rocking it. And then I've had guys, you know, that, that, uh, you know, especially here in Utah, they, they use their faith. They want to help people. They want to do something. They want to make a difference and whatever it may be, because no matter how physically gifted you are, or how awesome you do um, along the way, at some point, you're going to question it. It's going to hurt. You're going to be so tired. Whatever it may be, you're just not going to be able to physic- – your physical ability is not going to get you past that wall. Right. And you have to have something else that drives you past that wall. So that's why I don't try to sell – sell, right? You hear a lot of that in recruiting, especially on the EA side. Um, oh, sure. I, do- I don't sell it. Um, it has to be organic right? It has to be their idea because if it's not their idea, when they get to that point where it hurts and they don't think they can do it anymore, you know what they're going to say? I never wanted to do it in the first place. No, they're fine quitting and being done with it. Yeah. You have to have an internal why you want to do it because that why will get you over the hump that your physical ability won't be able to do. So, and then a lot of that is what they're going to look at there is they're going to, there's things in, in ANS that you're going to fail at. That's just the design. You know what I mean? And yeah. they want to see how you react to that failure. How do you handle you, it? Right. Are you going to put your head down and get back in the pool? You know what I mean? Or are you going to keep rucking or, or whatever it may be? Uh, it's, it's a, it's just a, it's a hunger games down there, man. It's like, who wants it the most? You know what I mean? And that's what they're looking at. The guys that are good teammates that won't quit and just work hard. You know, it's and and a lot of times, man, it's the guys you don't even think, like they just they right, have they a chip just, on their shoulder. Uh-huh, like someone told you. them in their life, like that someone told them in their life, there was no chance they had no chance at it, mm-hmm. and that's their and maybe that's their why. You know what I mean? And then they all of a sudden that chip on their shoulder becomes the 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 momentum on their back that just keeps pushing them. You know what right. I mean? Like their sole reason is to get a beret and tell them, <laughs> "I told you so." Yep. Look what I did. Look what I did. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the why is a, the why is a big deal, man. And uh, I look for that. It's one of the first things I ask when I talk to a guy out of your depth or, or, uh, or a guy that just walked in off the street. Like, I want to know why he wants to do some of the things he's going to be asked to do. Cause let's face it. Some of these things are crazy, man. <laughs> True story. I'm glad there's people out there True that story. just want that genuinely want to do it. Uh, I've always said, I'm just not, I'm not that guy. I would have never made it through a pipeline, man. Never. No. I, I'm, I'm with you. I am with you. And as the ones out there now, I just I want to touch base a little bit. You know, we, we, we were going to go ahead and go through the process, but there's the ones that hardcore want to do it. They have that why they have it. But you know what? I've ran across a couple where after they've gone to MEPS, 
or, you know, there's qualifications, right? You have to have a certain score in the ASVAB. You have to have right. color vision for many, for many things. Are you, are, can you touch base on a couple of the things what we're talking about qualified wise that they did, you know, that yeah. they might not get, you know, just side blinded with. Yeah. I, sorry. I, I had to grab a, my phone's about to die. So I grabbed this portable, portable right. charger. Hold on. <laughs> That's good. Right, come uh, on, man. We have a bunch of chargers here in the studio. You should have just plugged in over here. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got a strip. Your lie, your lie is getting exposed. <laughs> I see that. Wait, we got, got a strip it. over there. Come on, look at it. All the charges. He, he's in in his own studio. There we go. All right. Yeah. Um. So just some basic qualifications. So we came out. So back back a while, like a year ago, we came out with uh, the special warfare operator contract, and that standardized the qualifications for the four special warfare jobs: PJ, CCT, SR, and TACP. Um. And right now, you have to get a 49 in the general area on ASVAB. Very attainable. Yes. Um, you also have to have, and I'm just, again, off the top of my head, I don't have my documentation, but um, sure, you have sure. to have color vision. It's not a requirement, but you will be, so if you fail at MEPS, you could still technically book the job, but they're going to give you a color vision test in the pipeline, and then you'll fail and then they'll just reclass you so right, we generally will check color vision at the desk and make sure that if you don't have it we're not going to not going to book you the job move forward um right. <laughs> correct um depth perception is not required driver's license is not required you do have to have uh, a high school diploma or a ged you can't not it no matter what you score in the asvab you have to have one of those two things okay so um there's no you don't have to have any of it you know like an ea and you can score 65 or 50 or whatever it may right. be i don't know what it is now but 65 um yeah if you get a 65 you could still join it doesn't work that way that's you got to have a high school diploma or a ged gotcha um simple to do i had a guy get a ged in like two weeks because he didn't have one so, <laughs> um, there you go boom moved it move yeah. forward there Let's you go. go yep um so those are those are essentially the the general qualifications like same standard stuff as ea too like we approved you know, waivers for, for variety. That's what I was just going to, I was just going to ask, you know, is there, you know, the waivers, does anyone have to worry that they won't be able to do this? Cause they have some kind of, you know, you know, I mean, if you were a knucklehead past. growing up and you got into some trouble, there's, I mean, you guys know, we can put those in. Yeah. Um, there's no issues with, with that, with us. I mean, obviously with the drug use, same standards, like you could have smoked some weed in your life, but if you're doing other stuff, we're going to have some issues. Yeah. Um, about, um, prior service right you know because standard ea you're pretty limited on prior service spots but how about you guys uh not limited so uh, but it is a different process uh i love having prior service guys in my development because you like that military presence you know they're they're my team leaders all over the state uh yeah. they organize workouts amongst themselves you know they they make sure guys are, are sticking to the thing because you got i got i mean i'll be honest i have a 40 year old right now that's in my development Cool. And uh, he rocks it and he's just waiting for a slot. So uh, they, nice. if, if they're two years, over two years removed from the military and taking an ASVAB, they will have to take an ASVAB again. Right. Um, any military guard, reserve, whatever it may be, two years removed, fully separated, mm -hmm. you have to take an ASVAB again. Just the same standards as like an ASVAB is only good for two years, right? Mm -hmm. with us. Right. So um, <clears throat> they also have to go to MEPS unless they've come from that career field in a prior in another branch, like, you know, army has an EOD, Navy has EOD. So if a guy wanted to come EOD and we're not taking prior service for EOD right now, however, if we were, and they came from EOD, then they wouldn't have to go to MEPS and do another physical, but 
essentially 99.9% of the prior service we deal with are cross training. Yes. Technically, because they're coming from whatever job they were at. And so they do have to go do the whole MEPS process again. Okay. Cool. And then after that, um, they come and take a pass test with us. If they pass the pass test, we have a prior service liaison that we work with. He's down in Florida and uh, he'll, he'll uh, set it up essentially for a board, kind of like an OTS board, but it's a, it's like the functionals from all the career fields. Um, so the functionals are the chiefs for everyone that doesn't know they're the chiefs that are in charge of the career fields. Mm-hmm. And uh, they will essentially look at the guy's package and uh, say yay or nay. And that package can con- it consists of, it's a standard prior service package, letters of recommendation from former you know supervisors, commanders, um, any mm-hmm. certifications they have. Uh, if they're currently in the guard or reserve, they'd need a conditional release, like all standard stuff. But how we get them accepted is completely different. Like we we just send it to functionals and they say yay or nay. Cool. And it's usually I've sent four in the last year. And so it's usually a pretty good acceptance rate. Cool. Nice. You know, and yeah. as you said, you know, compared to the EA side where it is limited, you know, this might yeah. be the path. This is the path for them to go. I mean, know? there's, I mean, you guys are, there's guys all over the country in EA setting up prior service for when the FY22 list drops right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because no, yeah. FY21 are gone. Yeah, well, exactly. there's only going to be... And, they, and they're so, you know, when when you when they you talk to them on the phone, they're like, what? They're like, yeah, I'm listening, man. This is how it's going right now. They're like, well, you know, yeah. the prior service individuals are very, uh, very shocked. Especially with the that. with the COVID thing over the last year, you've seen a lot of guys trying to trying to get back in the door, man. And it's 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 unfortunate that we can't do more. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. I, I kind of take it to heart when I'm working with these prior service guys, because a lot of them, you know, maybe they don't have anything else. You know what I mean? So where some recruiters and may not work with them, whether that's EA, special warfare, whatever, um, man, I, I try to give them, give them as much chance as I can. And I hope everyone else does that too, because for one, they're, they're a value to your development as a special warfare, you know, recruiter, but they're also, um, they bring a lot of added value just to the force in general. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I just see, you know, with the, with the weight, just so long that you know they lose it they fight figure they're going to find something else and it is a weight how, man. How, how I, I, weight is. I have a guy that i have a, a pj that just and and that's another thing i should mention for for this prior service will not go under a slow contract special warfare open operator contract they will go for the specific job that they want to do oh nice okay yes oh. so um i had a guy literally i've been working with him since before I even PCS to Utah, I started working with him when I was still in Montana, but coming down here periodically mm-hmm. to kind of babysit the zone. And uh, he just started prep in December. Wow. So that was, oh. that was almost two years ago. And that's Jeez. how long it took for a variety of different reasons. Right. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, that was, there was a lot of transition within the community, within special warfare recruiting that disqualified him requalified him then he was disqualified and then he had to do this and do that and do this and then his eyes and there was just a bunch of stuff and and um he eventually got there man and he and, he, and he's crushing right now in, in special warfare prep but then i've had guys that i shift in a month right, right. it just kind of lines up because you know um i guess we could talk about this a little bit too but <clears throat> we have five shift dates for the year for special warfare it's not, not like they're yeah, it's not EA where we ship every Tuesday. Well, I know so, so was it about every two or three or you have February, April, 
So it's so we start our FY October first, right? That's a military government. Oh, FY. Yeah. Um, our first ship date is November. Mm-hmm. Then we ship anywhere from last year. The second ship date was the end of January. This year it's the first week of February, so two Feb. Um, the next one after that, and I don't have the dates in front of me, but it'll be an April, June, August, and that April, will wrap up June, the year for the five. Yeah. Okay. Now so they that... coincide with the special warfare prep start date. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So is that for all three contracts, your SWO, your SEER, your EOD? No. So SEER and EOD have different ship dates. Okay. That's just SWO. That's just special warfare gotcha. ship dates. Uh, SEER has quite a bit more and EOD has quite a bit more. I would say more than double those amount of ship dates. And they're just spread off sporadically throughout the year. Right. All right. So let's, let's, let's start. Let's hit on some of this. All right. So I want to kind of walk through the process. Maybe we don't have to like dig super deep, but um swo contract sometimes might be a little bit hard to kind of drive through to some people right they're not really understanding like oh i can't go in specifically for pj or i can't specifically go for cct so um why don't you so they they hit the pass they pass the pass they get accepted into development let's walk through a little bit of kind of what that looks like obviously timelines will vary you know depending on where they're at and their whole thing but they get into development they start working with you guys now how do they get the contract number one and then what exactly i don't know what exactly is the contract like what how does that look on the other end so you so how i so here's how i explain it um to guys there's guys that come in just dead set on being a pj right Mm -hmm. um you know they they got they they want to they want to be emts they want to help people they got the hair right because pjs have the best hair um (laughs) and uh you know, that's what they, they're dead set and want to do that. The first thing I'll tell you is I'm never going to put a PJ contract in front of you. It's not going to say Air Force Pararescue Jumper. It's not going to say that. It's going to say Special Warfare Open. And so what does that mean? That means that if you do everything I ask you to do and you pass the pass test, consistently exceeding pass test standards, because um, that's kind of our standard in my development, is you have to consistently exceed the standards. I don't want you shaking on push-up 40 and think you're ready, right? right. So you do all you do all the standard stuff uh, in development, and we book you a special warfare operator contract. That guarantees you a seat in the pipeline, right? You're going to go to BMT eight and a half weeks. Well, what used to be eight and a half weeks now COVID has obviously adjusted that a little bit. But for for better for worse, we'll just call it eight and a half weeks because that's what it's supposed to be. Um, and you'll go to BMT and you'll learn how to be in the Air Force. Right, you're going to learn how to fold your clothes. You're going to learn your ranking structure, how to march, make your bed, all that good stuff. Um, and you're going to work out with cadre from special warfare prep every morning. As I was going to say, you One, are with a special warfare flight. Correct. You're yeah, only with special warfare guys and girls. Okay. That's All right. It. And that's why they bring the cadre over because they, those, those young men and women need more than just air force standard PT. Right. Okay. okay. Um, we noticed previously that if they were just doing air force PT, they actually regressed from the point they were at when we sent them. Okay. So we got rid of that and the cadre started coming over and, and doing their workouts and stuff. However, so when you're done with BMT, the way I tell them is you will be in special warfare prep in about week five or week six, they will kind of ask you what you want to vector towards, like which one, right? Mm. The benefits of that are we previously would send a guy. Um, sorry, I keep getting text messages from someone who does not log into the online <laughs> app stuff and it's starting to really annoy me. <laughs> anyway, um, 
we used to send a PJ, right? Guaranteed you're going to be in the PJ pipeline, this and that. And then they get down there and they go to prep and they realize, oh my God, I, I vibe more with controllers or I vibe more with, with SR, you know what I mean? And then they didn't have any flexibility because, hey, your seat has been gauged out for if you're successful for two years, you know what I mean? Right. So um, now we give the guys under the special warfare contract the flexibility to meet some of the cut because these some of these cadre are, are pjs some of them are controllers and you're going to talk to these guys and meet with these guys and intermingle with these guys and maybe they realize i don't actually want to be a pj i actually want to be a combat controller and so right. they can choose what they're going to vector towards and they'll get feedback from cadre telling them we think you more vibe with this or that mm-hmm. you know what i mean so once you pick what you vector towards that's what you're going to be assessed at as assessment and selection. You'll be assessed as a PJ or a controller or whatever you choose to want to be assessed at. So okay. now, how long, how long is prep? Prep is roughly nine weeks. All right. So roughly nine. And then you move to ANS. Yep. You go right to ANS after right, that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So your prep will usually end like that Friday and you'll be in ANS that Monday on okay. Chapman Annex across the street. But, um, <clears throat> and then the way I explain it to guys is if you want to be a PJ, and you're dead set on being a PJ, you got to earn being a PJ. Sure. So if there's 11 guys down there that want to be a PJ and there's 10 slots when you get to ANS and 11 guys are trying out for it, don't be number 11. <laughs> I guess it's not. Yeah, that is solid advice for uh-huh. mathematicians that, out there. I was just saying, that's math, buddy. <laughs> yeah. it, like, I, I have, there's no simpler way to put it, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's not saying be a dirtbag teammate and start throwing dudes under the bus because they'll see that too. You know what I mean? Don't sabotage people. But um, that said, I haven't, I've only heard of a few instances. It's like 1% of the people that go to selection and make it through selection, they get their number one choice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I've only heard of a few that they said, no, we actually want you to do this kind of thing. So yeah, it's very, it's, it's almost rare that that happens. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of time when you spend nine weeks in the pipeline, right. And prep, you're going to figure out what you want to do. And it's going to vibe kind of with what the cadre and instructors think you should do. So, so now yeah, it just gives us more flexibility. So yeah. now we, we, we talked about development, right? We, you guys want to see consistently exceeding the past, showing mental toughness, that drive, that, ah, that thing. The why, right? the why, right? the why now, you get through BMT, you hit the prep. What does what is prep like? Because I've I've heard that prep is just nonstop, like you just getting worked every day. Uh, so wait, I mean, is that amazing. is that is that so, true or is that not true? Like, what do you got? I've gotten to live in prep for uh, a couple weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. They let us go down there. That's where we do our well prior to COVID. That's where we did our semi annual every year. We literally because that's two weeks out of the year that that dorm is empty, right? Mm-hmm. small world that's, that's actually the dorm i went through in bmt and i actually went to where my bunk used to be and now it's a agility's room filled with mats and kettlebells <laughs> but uh um it's essentially for the guys that really want to do this and they're very physically they just love physical things right uh it's like a heaven for them and it's and it's how it's been told to me from the dozens of people i've sent through there right mm-hmm. um you spend nine weeks working with run coaches, swim coaches, mobility coaches, nutritionists, uh, with the top of the line equipment, facilities. Um, they basically turn you into the best physical specimen you've ever been in for in your life. 
Um, if you're a great runner, they're going to make you a better runner. If you're a great swimmer, they're going to make you an even better swimmer. If you're a crap swimmer, they're going to get you to a point where you can, you can do the things you need to do. Um, I've had a guy that I've shipped that couldn't swim a lick dude, side stroke, breast stroke. Like you had to do a mixture of the swim. And his first thing he told me when he got selected for PJ was, Hey, Sergeant Spears, I, I just want you to know, I never popped on an underwater in A&S. So, and I was like, man, you really, you really, cause we used to give him a really hard time um, about his swimming. Uh, he was a UVU wrestler. So he was here at Utah Valley University and he was a wrestler. And so he had that grind, man. He could, the dude could just go, but he just sucked in a pool. Um, but anyway, yeah, you that's were what just it is, getting, man. You were just getting prepared, man. You were just getting hooked up with this training. Yeah, and it's, I mean, they, they literally, they have a green screen room. It looks like a, like a, a special effects movie room. And they'll no. literally put these little sensors on you. And they'll have you do like air squats and push-ups. And they'll literally measure like where you're, form is wrong and they'll tell you hey if you keep doing it this way you may be subject to an injury here um they correct everything they have cryo chambers for healing float tubs if you don't get enough sleep um they they put these vests on you that measure like your quality of sleep uh they they have sensors that you'll swallow if it's too hot to make sure your core temperature doesn't like so you don't overheat (laughs) they don't have to like rush you to an ice tub and they have a ton of ice tubs and just dunk you in it like that's literally the remedy (laughs) um it's it's amazing man you go from sleeping on these bunks and bmt to sleeping on literally tempurpedic mattresses with tempurpedic pillows wow. um yeah it's and it's and it's like a duty day right like the guys at some point during prep they get their phones and they can snapchat and text message and do whatever they want to do um they just literally get after it from like zero five until like five in the afternoon <laughs> beast mode baby so basically yeah, what you're saying is is that is your nine weeks of being a professional athlete, my friends. Yeah, you're getting right? paid to work out, right? man. You're getting paid to work out and eat right. And their dining facility is not the BMT dining facility. I was going to say, I don't even think Jimmy, um, your, your man in Dallas, buddy, Jimmy Jones has stuff like this. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. The star is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they nice. I mean, but they're going to, they're going to, again, people wash out of prep. They quit. Oh, in oh yeah, no, because it's nonstop, and you know, you, yeah. it's hard work still. It's, there's it's, a, there's a. Do you guys know what an eight count bodybuilder is? I want to say yes, but um, go ahead. It's a very technical version <laughs> of a burpee, right? Right. Um, there you go, yeah. And they're gonna have you do a thousand of them per time, like usually, like the first week. Wow. Fun. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's literally one of the first things you will do. And they just want, it's more of like, they want to see how you react to it and if you can do it. You know what I mean? Right. And so. if you have, when, what, at what point you're going to quit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you're going to give up. Yep. So, uh, they, mm. they have, they have a, you know, a mud pit out there where, you know, at the end of the week, you're going to pay for all the mistakes you made as a team. <laughs> so, I mean, it's still, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not 24 hour fitness that you get to live at. Like you're going to, you're going to work out. Yeah, and you're yeah. going to get smoked and you're going to struggle in a pool and you're going to have to overcome some barriers and some obstacles, whether that's physical or mental, like you're just going to, you're going to question yourself even in prep. And there's some people that live for it. And there's some people that have no idea what their limits are and prep will introduce you to them. Sure. Sure. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So there so that's, that's the prep. And yep. then after prep, what we were saying is a and S and, and that's then, but that's only but that's only for the three fields, right? Yeah, TAC P they just go right into their tech school. All right, so so PJ okay. CCT SR go to A and S, and that's how long? So 
it can vary. There's no set amount. They literally have, and this is the way it was explained to me. They have a wall of selection programs and they will just grab one off the wall. And that's okay. what we're going to do for that selection. <laughs> and that's right. all confidential, right? Like all these guys sign, sign non-disclosures are not allowed to talk about it. I have guys that are still in my group me chats with my team that have been selected that are currently in different portions of their pipeline. And they will not talk about what they went through in selection because they they're not supposed to like no all one right. wants to get they don't want a guy that has the answers you know what i mean like yeah um they just want they there's an intent and a purpose behind it and by knowing what you're getting into that just ruins the intent of selection so all right what um, happens in selection stays in selection man there we the, go. the best tip i got uh so one of my the guy I told you that he just wanted to do some cool stuff with the with the bros uh <laughs> they asked him you know like is there a way to prep for like the sleep deprivation portion of selection? And he said, not really, man. You just got to kind of enjoy the ride. That okay. was his advice. There you go. So <laughs> he said there was times where he'd looked up and six hours went by and he had no idea what he just did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. okay. Yep. But he enjoyed nope. the ride, man. Yep. That's it. That's it. Enjoy the ride. It's yeah. going to be the, that, this is going to be the motto. <laughs> just enjoy the I like ride. <laughs> Well, I mean, that sounds actually pretty intense, but, uh, okay. Yeah. So you got, so you got a varied A and S and then you get picked up or you don't. It's generally th about three weeks. Okay. So then you get yeah. picked up for your field and go into the pipeline or you don't, I guess. Yep. Yeah. I've had guys make it through selection that didn't get selected for anything. Wow. Okay. Wow. Cause that's uh, and I can give you an example. I won't mention any names, uh, obviously. Um, <clears throat> I had a guy, he, he chose to go for SR and he made it all the way through selection but he displayed too much doubt in himself, shaking his head, you know, hesitant to do certain things. Um, and, and if you're going to be in these career fields, man, you got to have confidence in your abilities, right. And willing to sure. just try something Definitely. to dive into the unknown if need be, you know, because um, the way Tony explains to it is, is missions change, man. Like where you think you were going to get, you know, the helicopter was going to land somewhere and drop you in. Now you have to fast rope in weather, you know, like it, things just mm -hmm. change and you, and you have to have confidence in uh, your ability to know that you can overcome that. And if you're expressing that doubt and you're wearing that doubt on your face, um, the best advice I can give you is usually internalize that and don't, don't wear your emotions on your sleeve. But he, he, he absolutely wore his emotions on his sleeve and they, and they, and they spotted it and they, they scored him accordingly. And he had, and, and talking with him, you know, kind of after action, he didn't disagree with it. Right. Yeah. Right. And thankfully they let him, they let him re kind of refire uh, to a certain extent and uh we'll see see what happens he's still going through it yeah i mean the decisions that you make in the situations that you're in it's a matter of life and death yep so yeah i mean that's like i said that, uh, there's a there's a lot of different factors like if you've seen the, i've seen the score sheet and i don't remember everything that's on it because there's there's a billion different things on it and not all of them are physical a lot of them are, are mental like i said team team are you a good teammate? Do you have good airmanship, leadership? And for those of you that don't know what airmanship is, you'll learn it when you become an airman and you join yeah. basic training. But um, it, it's they it's a variety of factors, right? You'll even do psych consults with the with the psychologist down there, and they may say yay or nay really early in the process that you're not the guy. Right. So. Okay. Well, so on that kind of brought into a point there that uh, I. I didn't even think I was going to end up bringing up because I kind of forgot about it. But uh, if they don't get selected, <laughs> right, you mentioned a, a refire, like reattempting going at it. But like he was a more what, of a special case. 
Okay, so there's that. Right. So, so special yeah. cases. So then what, nor- what would you say normally happens to those folks? So if a guy just washes out? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's going to go – there's no standardized process to it. It's based on individual merit, right? So why did you wash out? Did you self-initiate your elimination, i.e., did you quit, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it depends on when you quit. You know what I mean? Like if you quit day one of prep, right when you got there and all of a sudden – you just didn't realize what you were getting yourself into and you quit. You're going to kind of be at the needs of the air force yep. there. You know what I mean? Um, if you make it all the way through selection, you didn't quit. You got that toughness and that grind. They'll have you make the list similar to how they do it at MEPS. Here's what we got available. List what you want in your order of preference. And you're going to get one of those jobs. Okay. Okay. Cool. But if you're, like I said, if you're the, if you're the quitter and the, and if you self-initiate elimination, mm-hmm. you may think you're going to go do another job in the Air Force for a couple of years and you're going to come back to, to and try it again, maybe try to cross. It's not going to happen, man. That stays with you. That, that's, yeah. that stays with you all the way they through. Don't, they, don't look, they don't look highly on quitters. Right. So, gotcha. But if they had to drag you off the field because you wouldn't quit, but they knew you weren't the guy, that's a different story. They may put it in your record, come back in two years. Yeah, listen, if you're Rudy, man, if you're Rudy, you'll get back at it. <laughs> that's really like the it. that's really the takeaway from this. Be Rudy. I just watched be that Rudy. movie last night, literally last night. <laughs> be Rudy. You? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, Rudy, I had a guy bro. make it through make it through Sear and didn't get selected for. Uh, they cited his maturity, so they said, "Go mm-hmm. join the Air Force, learn to be an airman, maybe you know, make senior airman, staff sergeant, get some troops under, mature a little bit, and come back and give it a shot." Actually, you know what? That was something I was I was gonna mention earlier. Just didn't get a chance to put it in. This is a perfect spot. Do you see a certain demographic for age that makes it through maybe easier or or tends to succeed in becoming SW? You know, there's like is there like a sweet spot? I I haven't had any like literature for the United States for the country, um, but I can just tell you for my guys are gonna be the 21 to 27 year olds. Okay. Okay. And that's, and that's, and that's only because, and this is just me, I guess, guessing, uh, they've experienced a little bit of life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A little bit more maturity in them. They didn't just come out of high school. I'll tell you my, my quitters are the guys that were 18 years old, 19 years old, just out of high school. Yeah. They're just not who feel that there's no seasoning. They feel that they got yelled at by mom enough, but and I'm not, so that's not for the 18 story. and 19 year olds listening. That doesn't mean that that means you. No, I'm just saying not that, yeah. Like shoot your shot, man. Like at the end of the day, this is a young man's game, you know, like, and when I say young man under 30, I'm not saying over thirties haven't made it, but you guys know the body ages, man. We don't recover as fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so you got to be able to like overcome the soreness and just keep going. Like the next morning when you wake up and you just can't move, you got to move, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, for me, it's the 21 to 27 year olds that, that have been the most successful. And I got a pretty, pretty high success rate out of, out of Utah. So, okay, cool. Well, no, that that's great information. And that's, that's what I had seen to have seen for the most part was that that early twenties, you know, was pretty, yeah. pretty good spot. Yep. Nice. Especially guys, even with the guys with the families too, you see them like if, even if it's just a wife, you know, and they don't have kids, uh, they they don't want to let their their significant other down you know what i mean they just don't want to fail in the eyes of the people that care about them or they're they're tasked with taking care of and they just they just tend to push a little harder gotcha and then um 
the next thing there was just we were at the point of pipeline right yeah yep, pipeline I mean, a lot of people hear about the pipeline a lot of people talk about the pipeline it is what also the videos about pipeline right out there um i don't know just give us just give us a breakdown i mean the pipeline is not is it you know, it's a lot well i guess it depends yeah. on which field you're going into each one of them is going to be vastly different i would i would imagine yeah, but it's but it's all serious training, and I mean it's all physical, it's all mental, you know. But and it's long, if I'm you know if I'm correct. On yeah, I mean I, if you look at like so my and I can just give you an example. My my guy that I talked about earlier that's in Colorado Springs, um, he went through the TAC P pipeline, which was long, uh, and he didn't. He went straight from once he got because once you make it to TAC P Tech School, you get your your beret, um, and then from there he went to to Airborne. I think he went to georgia so he went to like static line and uh and like then from movie? georgia yeah and then he went to and then he then he pcs to colorado springs and so there's still things that he probably has to do right mm -hmm. um like he has to go to sear um mm -hmm. you know he's got to do a lot of stuff but covid's kind of thrown a wrench in the in the timing of these things so it's more become a seats available type of thing like you don't there's guys that that I that got selected that I've had down there that they had to wait to even just start dive, which is right there at Lackland because there was a backfill of guys just waiting to start. You know what I mean? Right. So they just sit there on Chapman Annex and work out every day and eat. <laughs> so I'm not saying it's bad, but they're they're very they're very antsy to get their training started. You know what I mean? But oh, sure. uh, as of right now, there's there's some there's some delays in, in the training. Um and 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 being a TAC P, like I think his his whole thing before he got to his base was about a year maybe a little longer than a year because he did come back on on rap um and and spoke at my development and kind of just rapped with the guys about what he went through and kind of without giving away the answers right he was just kind of giving some tips and tricks and what to expect and where you had to be mentally and and i want to say he did that at the end of last summer and he shipped in august of 19 so um and then my first guy that I ever got selected as a PJ when I first got here, um, he's currently in EMT school in Albuquerque. And he's already been through dive and combat dive. And I want to say he's done airborne as well. Um, so he's going through EMT and then I think he just has to wait to do free fall. That's awesome. Gotcha. So, and the EMT school in of itself is about a year. So, mm. so you know, it, like we're talking about all these timelines and like how long some of these schools and pipelines and stuff are. Do you happen to know, cause I've gotten this question quite a bit is, do you know if they plan on bringing mandatory six-year contracts into the equation for some of these fields? I haven't heard anything about it. Um, for the man, I haven't heard anything come down about mandatory six-year contracts at all. So as far as I know, we're just doing the four and the six right now. The four doesn't get any money and the six does. Cool. Yeah. And what's uh, I was going to be my next thing I was going to bring up uh, the bonuses. Individuals so ask about initial, the money. They're, the all, they're all initial or 19 right now for a six-year contract. So. Nice. And when do they, but do they, when do they get any piece of that? You got to get a beret. Okay. So you got to get, you gotta the get beret. a tab. Or, so yeah, so they you all have to get the beret. EOD. EOD get just the beret gets, they get their and, tab. And you get all of it, and or are you getting it, um, you know, piece by piece nope. every year? You get yeah, you'll get half. You'll get same as same as standard uh, EA stuff. You'll get half up front, and the rest okay. of it is divided on your over your term of your enlistment. Your you'll enlistment. get it on your your Air Force birthday. Yep. There you go. All right. That's cool. Good deal. And the reenlistment bonuses been... though are where the money is made. Yeah, the reenlistment bonuses. That's are the big. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I want one. <laughs> and I'll tell you this though, this is just me. Like none of these guys that I put in that are successful are doing this for the money. No, it's nice. It's nice. No, it's a it's, perk. It's not. But... Yeah, it's definitely it's it's a perk. The same way having Tricare Healthcare is. They they just know they get it. You yeah, know what I mean? like, that's not their why. No, no definitely that's not. That's not. That is not their why. And they come from all walks of life, man, to be, I have, I've put in guys with, I've enlisted guys with four-year degrees, guys that had the keys to their, their family's business. And like, I, I look at them going, what, you know what I mean? Like I had a guy Mm -hmm. whose dad owns a bunch of medical clinics here in this greater Salt Lake area. Uh, He finished his bachelor's degree in kinesiology, but all he wanted to do was be a DJ. He went, he can just go and run his dad's businesses and <laughs> it's not what he wanted to do man guy wanted to guy wanted to, to save lives and fly around in helicopters he had a different yeah. vision of what his future yeah, had man. he had a different vision for himself he said you know his, his reason was uh, that'll always be here for me you know what i mean i gotta go i gotta go do other things first yeah so yeah this has been amazing man this has been great this has been great talking yeah. about uh you know just getting some really good insight about special yeah. warfare all, all, all the way around. Bradley, you got any more questions, brother? Nah, man, I, I think that is about it for me, man. We really appreciate you coming on here, though, Sergeant Spears. This no was, problem. Uh, actually, a big eye-opener for me, though, too. I mean, I knew fragments of this type stuff, but uh, I didn't have yeah. the whole picture, man. So I really appreciate you coming on and, and telling yeah. us. And I do have to say, you know, that's one of the ways that I go with it. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'll give you what I know, but please contact a special warfare recruiter, you know, and I'll give them my yeah. people's numbers. I'm like, listen, they're going to give you the breakdown. And, uh, you know, but, and, you know, and, and, and I'll just, I, I do want to preface it though. Like for anyone that's listening, like I am not an operator. I do not come from an operating career field. As I said before, I'm a cyber guy. I was a recruiter. I got asked to do special warfare recruiting and, uh, I've gotten to, to like a, a fraction, a small fraction of a fraction of what they go through. We've got a chance to taste a little bit. Like I've been in pools with PJs, um, that hurt me and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've gotten to go to SEER school a little bit and I've gotten to, to ruck around the SEER track, you know, Mogadishu Trail and, and things like that, right? Just to, just to get a little taste so we can kind of speak intelligently a little bit too. We've got to talk a lot to bona fide war heroes, right? Beret-wearing beret operators that have just been through it. And uh, it, it makes you take a sense of pride in the job that we do because you want to make sure those guys get the same type of guys that are on their team. You know what I mean? We can't just put anybody and everybody into it uh that wants to be into it it's one of those things you definitely got to earn and it's one of those things where uh those guys that i've talked to and the guys that have literally taken bullets and shrapnel um they they demand it you know what i mean they may not tell you they demand it but just listening to their stories you don't want to give them anything less than the best possible candidate you know what i mean and uh It, it, those guys are the reason. And I, I talked to you a little bit about this, Sergeant Meadows. Like it, it's the reason I take a lot of pride in this job. Um, at first I didn't want to do it. And then I got to go down there for a couple of weeks and talk to some guys and, and hear their stories and hear their whys. And, and uh, it gives you a different, a different sense of accomplishment as a recruiter. You know what I mean? Like we're changing lives, right? You guys changing lives. That's the goal, right? Put people in the air force, get them down a better path, maybe give them something better than what they have. Um, Whereas this one, like, I just want to give the operators the same chance that regular Air Force guys have to have families and be home longer and and, 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 sure. and have better teammates on their side so that they have less chances of, of not coming back. You know what I mean? So um, a lot of pride in it. And uh, we don't try to do it to be to be jerks, you know, and and uh, 
and just be hard on these dudes. There's a, there's a method to the madness, man. And there's, and hopefully when, when anyone that's listening works with a, a special warfare recruiter, they realize there's a, there's a motivation behind why we do what we do and the way we do it. And just trust it. Yeah. Trust just trust it. the process, here, man. Like, like listen trust and trust it. the process. And that's yeah. it. Like I, the, the three pieces of advice I always tell all my guys, be a good teammate, work hard and don't quit. You do those three. It sounds simple, but it's extremely hard, right? It's very simple, <laughs> but it's extremely hard. Uh, if you do those three things, man, you'll make it through a pipeline. You'll get selected and you'll go do what, one of these jobs that you want to do. Don All Spears, right. Amazing, my man. Very good to meet you and very good to talk to you today. Yep. Yeah, man. If you guys, uh, if you guys have guys that reach out to you or, or, or they, they want questions answered, man, you can definitely point them my way. I, I like to talk about this stuff and, uh, I definitely, definitely enjoy doing, doing what I do right now. So um, if anybody, and you guys all have your local, you know, special warfare guys that you deal with. Um, if you need right. more information though, it's, it's out there, right? Like I said earlier, like early on in the show, um, we're trying to get the word out there. We're trying to make resources accessible. If you go to airforce.com, there's plenty of info on there. That, and, and most of the time, they're just going to gear you towards any of these applicants. They're going to gear them to the special warfare recruiter first. Anyway, like if they answer on the right, survey that they right. like the camp, you're going to the special uh-huh. warfare recruiter to talk about SEER. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's out there. There's tons of videos on YouTube. We talked earlier about the ones ready podcast. Um, that's on YouTube. Again, it's ones ready. Uh, they are made up of current operators, former operators in the Air Force. They talk a lot about the pipeline, a lot about the mental fortitude it takes, a lot of the physical requirements, how best to train. Um, the development team, T3I, they've created their own website. Uh, I want to say it's afspecwar.com. That gives you a 21 days to pass the pass, um, a, a baseline workout, right, to get you ready. Um, they, they score, they rank every candidate that's in development on there. Um, kind of give you an idea of where guys are at because um, you got to earn your ship date. So uh, if there's 120 slots and 150 guys are vying for those slots, if you're in the bottom 30, man, you're not going. Exactly. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the depth. Don't be number 11. Don't you know, 11. you don't, you can't be that guy. So tons of resources out there. Um, you know, we're all over social media, Instagram. I mean, some of those special warfare recruiters, some of the special warfare recruiters are actually operators. We have TACPs. I have a, PJ that's in my flight in Albuquerque and I have an EOD tech that's in my flight in Colorado Springs. There's PJs and combat controllers that are doing this job all over the country. They have Instagram accounts that they regularly will do like Instagram lives and, and answer questions live. And, and there's tons of, tons of info out there. So uh, there's not a lack of resources. So reach out if you guys have any questions or, or concerns. We're here to not sell you. We're here to clear up misconceptions and, and, and yes. verify suspicions. So there you go. Just out here to educate. Well, yeah, man. Thank it's been you. a great episode. And uh, there you go, folks. That's that, man. He gave you the three keys to success to make it and get out there, earn it, for God's sakes. If you want it, earn it. Be a Rudy and remember your reasons why. And we'll see you around the episode around the corner on episode four. All right, and that is a wrap for season two episode three here on the recruiters corner 
Thank you for joining us today and being part of the Corner Crew. Hey, listen, as always, please follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you can find us, as well as go to airforce.com. If you're looking for a recruiter, that's where you got to go. Find the person in your area, get with them, figure out your path into the force. See you next time on the Recruiter's Corner. Yeah.